Welcome to the Yogi MD podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. Today, my guest is Dr. Russia Butler, family physician and owner of Wellness Integrative Medical Center in Homewood, Illinois. Thank you for being here today. I am so pleased and very excited about what we're going to talk about today. Thank you, my pleasure. I'm honored to be with you. My first question for you is, you have a definite, very fascinating journey that you've taken. So can you tell us about how it all began, your background and how you decided to become a family physician? I tease that I grew up a doctor. My mother worked for Michael Reese um, as I grew up and every Saturday or every other Saturday when she would have to work. Uh, Dr. Kaler, who is still in the community and I've had the privilege and honor to actually grow up with the person that I grew up with and work side by side, right? So Dr. Kaler is a pediatrician, worked with my mom and back then she was an LPN, she's an RN now. And I would literally be playing up under the desk while he saw patients. So I never wasn't in medicine. My aunts were nurses. My mom as a nurse um, grew up here in Harvey, just not so far away. And there was a doctor, uh, John Bradley, that was a part of the congregation at First United Methodist. And just to kind of make sure that they kept us busy, John Bradley's like, look, you're you're, you're going to have to do this medical program over here with CHAMPS. And there, nowadays, there's about 5,000 of us, uh, John Bradley and um, Dr. Jones, who just passed last year over in Glenwood, would take all of us docs who had, uh, little docs, mini docs back mm -hmm. then, um, mm -hmm. who had too much energy and put us in summer school. And then by the time I'm coming into Champaign-Urbana, I'm already understanding that I'm pre-med. I don't know anything other than pre-med um, and wouldn't have changed it. I, I wouldn't change that at all. And how did you decide family practice? That's a really good question. I think that for what that time was in the 90s and the 2000s, women, to be really honest, I think that women were just kind of pigeonholed. If, if you mm -hmm. came into medicine at that time, primary care is where you got kind of shifted. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as a woman, you know, it was automatic. Are you going to go into OB? Yes. Are you going to go into internal med? Are you going to go? Now it's very different. And I look at my girlfriends and their hemoc and, you know, their their search. Now, with that being said, I also, though, having raised, having been raised in Harvey, had the National Health Service obligation. So, again, had to stay within primary care because now we're going to go back to the communities that made us and serve those communities. You over the span of 20 years, mm -hmm. then worked in traditional, what we yes. would consider traditional Western medicine, right. a family practice mm -hmm. in, in the area still. Mm -hmm. National um, Health did in fact pay for my medical school. I went to um, Chicago Medical School. Finch. And my uncle did too. Really? Yes. Really small work. Yeah, see, mm -hmm. see, I'll bet you he was in champs too. See, <laughs> Dr. He'll, he'll know Dr. Jones. Again, this is at a time when we didn't quite have hospitalists yet. That we, we, we were just about to get into what it is to be a hospitalist, just as we're beginning to get into HMOs. So as I'm coming out, we're still seeing our patients, and if they get sick, we're still seeing them in the hospital. Nowadays, we got hospitalists, and so... Can you explain to my audience what a hospitalist is? A hospitalist. A hospitalist is literally a doctor that specializes in seeing patients only in the hospital. 
And a lot of patients are surprised and bothered, rightly so, I kind of believe, um, that, you know, I, I see this doctor and this doctor knows me, but when I'm in the hospital, they don't come and see mm -hmm. me. That's an insurance mandate. Mm -hmm. That's an insurance mandate where it's been deemed more efficient, more cost efficient to have a select set of doctors located only in the hospital. In a way, it's, it's far more efficient because those doctors are more in tune with the higher seriousness of what's going on during that admission. But the fact of the matter is we aren't as community docs seeing our patients. Well, what is functional medicine? How did you arrive mm. to okay. that sure. decision? So what functional medicine is, is what I think that so many doctors um, thought medicine was, or family medicine was in the very beginning. It's that, that personalized touch of knowing who a person is, what's going on with their body, and then treating what's going on with the body. If a person comes in and they've got diabetes, if we can use diabetes as the go-to example today, if they've got diabetes, before I jump to, well, we're gonna put you on some glucophage, and, and my pet peeve in medicine right now is we're gonna put you on some insulin. Mm -hmm. uh, in functional medicine, we say, well now hold on, even the studies in medicine show, let's give this 90 days lifestyle. Let's not rush to medicine and let's make it fun. We don't even have to be mean about it. Let's make it fun. You got kids? Is she a teen? Is she you know, a preteen? Double dutch, go out with her, jump rope. Mm -hmm. You got a son? Go out with him, play basketball. To the point of mandating the child, you are in charge of your dad's gym class and he has to have gym class one hour every day. You come to that visit with him. I want to know, did your dad do what you told him to do? So in functional medicine, we're going to use every single thing that we can. And so that might be this type of, of exercise program. Um, there might be some different herbals or aromatherapies that I want someone to try if they're anxious and they and need relaxation. My high blood pressure, so we do that a lot. My men with high blood pressure almost always get a prescription to have a massage. And they learn, oh my God, I can't release control. <laughs> She's touching me and I don't know if I like this. Mm -hmm. And they learn in that one thing, will we use meds? We, we will, especially in the beginning if I think that they're in some danger zones. Okay. But it's always understood that it's with the intent to wean off um, to the point that we just call it a get off the meds program. So we started. And then we let it be a temporary crutch while we kind of walk you back through how, how to backtrack this and not live this lifestyle. And then from there, I promise them there's going to come a day you're going to get dizzy. When you get dizzy, it's time for me to cut that med in half. When you feel that dizziness, give me a call so I can tell you, yeah, let's, let's go ahead on. You're, you're getting better. I checked the blood pressure. Let's cut it in half. How long have you been practicing in this location? Next May is our fifth year anniversary. Congratulations. Thanks. This is spectacular. Yeah. And it's also incredibly sad that yeah. we have to yeah. take people yeah. back mm -hmm. to the idea of mm -hmm. taking care of yourself and doing yeah. things in a way that makes sense for mm -hmm. your lifestyle to stay healthy and not relying on pills. Exactly. A, a, a magic bullet. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're the age of the remote control, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when you want something, you hit a button mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you get immediate results. Mm -hmm. And so 
one of the things I think we've lost is is the patience, even with ourselves, to say, I don't want to take these meds. I see so many patients who say, I don't want to take these meds. And so they don't take them, but they continue to lose to, to do the same life. And they're not patient enough to know it's not going to change overnight. You're going to you're going to have to put some, you know, elbow grease in this. But we we've lost that patience to know that we could do that. Have you found that you're very successful with time with the, the patients that you have seen over the course of the last nearly five extremely, years? Extremely, extremely. That's the part that you kind of have to love. Like for me, that's the part that keeps it rewarding. Where I worked primary care and what I call corporate medicine for 20 years, mm -hmm. that typical doctor's visit as dictated by what insurance is going to reimburse is mm -hmm. 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. The nurse got seven and I'm now relegated to seven. I truly only have seven minutes to look at your vitals, peek at your labs and write out your scripts. So again, I can really only maintain your condition in that corporate setting. And again, I, if I'm seeing you in that corporate setting, I've got 4,000 patients. If I run into you in the grocery store, I'm responsible for your life, but I don't even recognize you because you're one of so many. Here, you're one of 350. I know exactly who you are. We're in the grocery store. It's like, is that what we talked about <laughs> in that grocery cart? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So the patients, no, no, I'll run into Dr. Butler. She'll see there. And, and they come in. And so now they have a different level of investment. They want you to cheerlead for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So where in corporate medicine, you didn't get that that reward of seeing them get better. You just were cog and I was just a cog in a wheel of refilling a script. And after five years, that just lost. It just kind of made me fall out of love with medicine. And so now do I stay in? Do I go out? Well, when my children were young, I did what I had to do. Mm -hmm. When they graduated, went to college, I can do what I want to do. Mm. And at that point, I now can say, you know, I'm going to take my retirement funds and I'm going to create the practice where I would want to be a patient. I don't want to be seen in seven minutes um, angry and frustrated that my appointment was double booked. So no and appointment. both people are angry and frustrated. It's not just you as a patient, yeah. rightly so. Yeah. Very frustrated. My parents now who are getting older are telling me yeah. about these doctor visits that last five to seven minutes. Yeah. My mom had a, a recent visit without going into details, mm -hmm. and the nurse practitioner who yeah. saw her didn't get a chance to yeah. do a physical examination. And I, I no. said, what, what was done? And she said, she listened to my heart and lungs. And that's it. And it's not, so it's the patient it. and the caregiver are both trapped in this disconnect. Mm -hmm. And it's such a massive disconnect. And. Your mom knows she did a cursory listen to my heart and lungs. That was just for the show of it, right? <laughs> so that someone could say, so your mom is right to say, I, you know, she didn't even do a physical. No, that's what she kind of had to do because the things that she would have looked at probably would have been far more in depth, like ankles mm -hmm. and, you know, necks and, you know, the, the, the exam that your mom really needed unto itself would have taken 15 minutes. We would have been a full physical examination that we learned in medical school, exactly. which took time, which took time, which took time. Corporate medicine has become a business as it probably took me about 15 years to be able to admit that mm -hmm. because as docs, we're so idealistic, mm -hmm. um, which makes it the worst, right? Because you go into medicine with all these ideals and you're also idealistic, but then it becomes 
you got seven minutes. <laughs> you, you got seven minutes. And it's a business. And, and it's a business. So we talk about the opioid addiction. Um, and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. We talk about uh, antibiotic resistance. But I can't tell you how many times as an idealistic doc, and I'm blessed that I've, I've, I've accidentally been able to retain that. Um, but I can't tell you how many times I've been in urgent care. Do you think it's, not to interrupt mm -hmm. you, but do mm -hmm. you think it's accidental or did you think you subconsciously made a choice to honor and still provide integrity or to practice with the integrity that you came into medicine to practice? I, for me, I, I, surrendering integrity isn't something I can do. I mean, I'll own my mistakes all day long and I'll, I'll be not a perfect person all day long. But again, if that happens, it's gonna be, I tried my best and it simply wasn't right. Not because I'm going to surrender my integrity. So for me, integrity is everything. Mm -hmm. And no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna give that pain med. I, I've had other docs, I've had administrators. Um, I've, I've had places say, we're gonna have to let you go if you're not gonna be willing to give that antibiotic. I was mm. like, yeah, oh goodness, yes. Oh goodness, yeah. A comment was made once at, a, at an urgent care, um, and it was a nurse. It was a nurse who made the comment. Um, it was a painful Saturday night in urgent care. It was it, it was tough. It was it was tough. And out of frustration, the nurse says, "You know, we should just take a box and put all the antibiotics and all the pain meds in the in the parking lot and just leave it out there and let them have at it." That's compassion fatigue. Wow. That's compassion fatigue. Because when you're in that room and the demand is for that antibiotic and demand is for that painkiller and an admin is not going to back you and taking the time to educate. And yet we both know that if within corporate medicine, doctors or nurse practitioners or PAs took the time that they needed, they're going to be deemed in their audits that's going to be done by their corporation for being untimely. Mm -hmm. You can only see two patients in an hour. Productivity, right? The air quotes of productivity. You're, you know, and, and, and again, now we're talking about the widget system because you don't have to be in medicine to understand productivity. Everything is similar and different at the same time is for any of your listeners who might work at a factory for all the times I've seen people <laughs> who work at Ford, you know, it's, it's the same productivity. It's, it is right? a model that's applied to human beings. Now. It's, it's applied to humans. Medicine is no different. So it's idealistic like we are for patients to say, but here's what's supposed to happen. Because we think too, here's what's supposed to happen. But we are, if it's corporate, it's a widget. So either you're gonna hurry up on that production line and that production line can be a, a line of patients or it could be a line of cars or it could be a line of you name it. But make no mistake, if a corporation is running that, that's what you're gonna get. Um, which is when it comes to functional medicine, I, I most definitely support anybody that's willing to kind of operate outside of the corporate system, mm -hmm. because now you're gonna have someone who is working from integrity, who's working from the heart. Um, anytime you meet a doc who's, who's kind of stepped off and gone private, you're looking at someone who made a willful decision mm -hmm. to say, I'm gonna take less income because I, my heart is in it. And at the end of the day, can I sleep with what I've done? I mean, I might have money, but can I sleep? I think we're gonna see more of functional medicine practices because patients are beginning to demand it. We intentionally keep, um, a virtual staff where we'll have someone do billing or we'll have a nurse call in scripts, but they're not allowed on site because it's understood that if they're on site, they're gonna knock at that door because the phone rang mm -hmm. and now you gotta take that phone call. Mm -hmm. Now the time that I was with my patient has been intruded upon. 
with ideal medical practices, they, they try to avoid that. So what everyone obviously can't see right now is we're sitting in your practice and I'm sitting in what I feel like is a spa. I feel very relaxed. I can't even believe I'm in a doctor's office. Yeah. There's a fireplace behind me. Yeah. There's beautiful, colorful, and yet calming art. Mm -hmm. The seating is very welcoming. It's, it's not those cold chairs yeah. that you usually see in a typical doctor's office. There are f little fountains and mm -hmm. all of these very intentional little touches that you've put around to make it feel mm -hmm. comfortable, mm -hmm. welcoming, like mm -hmm. a spa. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you see a patient, you said, anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour? Yeah, most of our patients actually are taking the one-hour visit. And for me, it works because there's so much that gets revealed um, in that one hour. Um, I think my best example is there's a condition called, um, for, for your listeners, um, polymyositis, right? As we're here, like we were earlier, are making tea, and yet... As he's reaching for something, he can't lift his arms more mm. than his shoulder. And I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. And I noted to myself, I don't say anything. But as we're kind of moving around the office, I was like, oh, well, you know, Mr. Mr. Smith, you think you can maybe grab that there for me? It's over my head. And he's like, well, no, I, I can't. I can't reach that high. Oh, now that rash in your face looks different. Oh, now your fatigue looks different. In this one hour's conversation, when you're telling me what things you can't do at home casually. Mm-hmm. So the medical visit, and again, this is functional medicine, started with a cup of tea, mm. right? Because I can examine him in, an, in that occupational work hardening kind of way. You can get a lot of, of movement. Way, right? yeah, you can exactly. get a lot of information from his movements, exactly. from his speech, from his gait. Everything yeah. as we just move around. And so now I'm able to say we do the test. The test came up positive and and so many of our diagnoses come out um, just because we had the time. That never would have gotten picked up in a seven minute visit. He came in for fatigue, never would have caught that, never would have caught it. And, and he was an older man. He was an older man. And so and he said, I've seen all these different doctors. And it's not that they were bad doctors. They just never don't have time. They, have time. they just didn't have the time. I wanted people to be able to come into an environment that felt healing. What is your mission statement? Our mission statement is whole person, whole body. OK. And your resume, you quoted Thomas Edison. The doctor of the future will give no medicine but will interest her or his patients in the care of the human frame in a proper diet and exercise and in the cause and prevention of disease. I think that that describes all of what happens with the top 10 diagnosis that we see here in the U.S., right? High blood pressure. Mm -hmm diabetes, we will call weight issues, metabolic syndrome, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And as Americans, we eat upside down. And, and to eat upside down is we wake up in the morning and we've got this big long day ahead and we have nothing to eat. We put no fuel in our body. We get into a car that's on E, right? But we, but we got to drive all over town and we don't catch how that makes no sense. Then we get to lunch and we might rush through that. But now when we get home, when we get home, we're going to have this wonderfully big dinner mm -hmm. with, you know, or, or we, we're, we're going to pick up some takeout on mm -hmm. the way home. 
then we're going to go to sleep in four hours. Mm -hmm. So the body now says, well, look, here's what I'm going to do. Since we tend not to eat in the morning and we kind of push through this little soup and sandwich for lunch, I'm going to take everything you gave me last night and I'm going to put it right here on my hips and right here on my other hip. And then I'm going to put it right here on my midsection. And because that's evolution. That's evolution. And so now our bodies literally are carrying the load. Here we teach patients, number one, Socially speaking, you know, when crud happens, let crud happen. Don't carry it. You can't control anybody, and anybody who tells you you can is wrong. So that's only going to raise your blood pressure. So let's let's kind of work on, you know, letting that controlling part get broke. So we're going to help blood pressure there. Now you're going to actually eat to live, not treat yourself like you're some machine that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to feed yourself in the morning. A couple of hours after that, you're going to feed yourself again. You're going to eat for the workload that you have. Mm -hmm. And if you got a big day ahead, have a great big breakfast, mm -hmm. you know, enjoy it. We teach them how to pick their battles. You know, it's, it's, I was driving the other day and, and I was looking at this guy who was upset because I was going the speed limit. I was like, wow. Love to have you as a patient in my There's practice. There's a lot of just general <laughs> anger out there. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and what can any of us do about it? Mm -hmm. And yet there is something that we can do about it, which is let it go and kind of contribute to the positive. Mm -hmm. But we've forgotten mm -hmm. that we can contribute to the positive. Um, and again, it's that remote control community. I want what I want when I want it now. I want to push this button. I always teach the patients the balance between cortisol and Pitocin. Mm -hmm. My patients know what it is. And I let them know if you submit, because it's your choice, if you submit to angst and eating upside down and working and multitasking as though you must, your, your cortisol is going to be way up here. It's also looked at as, a, as I've found in my experience and in discussions, it's almost a sense of pride to mm -hmm. be able to do mm -hmm. those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a shame. And... That's hard for me because I, I, I wonder where that comes from. It's a cultural message, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I think it is. Superwoman syndrome. Exactly. And that's what I was, for women, it's an indoctrination. So all of our visits are private one-on-one. -on -one. There is no overlap, right? Your hour is your hour. One of the reasons why the visit is a whole hour is because for every single woman who comes in and says, yeah, I know you're seeing me for my blood pressure. I know you're seeing me for my, my um, diabetes, but can I just cry? I just need a safe place to cry because I, you know, I got to do this and I've got to do that. And I've got to, how can I do it all? You know, mm -hmm. my, my cape's not that long. Mm -hmm. And so we have to have the conversation, burn the cape. Just burn the cake. Mm. Just burn the cake. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, because you can't, you can't do it without killing yourself. Mm -hmm. So you'll do all, especially as a woman, you know, you'll, you'll take care of yourself and you're going to take care of the kids, of course, and you'll, you'll take care of the hubby and you'll, you'll take care of the parents. But then what happens when you get sick? You know, and again, we get to that, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first. You got to slow down. You can't fight every battle. And you it's, it's OK. It's OK to ask for help. And it's OK to insist that people step their game up and, and help. Well, the cape comes with a tremendous sense of guilt. Mm. And if we can make the choice to let yeah. go, put down that yeah. guilt. That's someone yeah. else's baggage. That's not you. Yeah. That exactly. doesn't have to be our baggage to carry. Exactly. To feel yeah. guilty if, yeah. God forbid, your husband yeah. feeds the dogs one day yeah. or takes them for the walk yeah. or makes yeah. the kids lunch or yeah. picks the kids up. Yeah. We have to insist upon those things. I completely agree. I, I think that for our society being the way it is, it's too easy 
for the workload to kind of be put on women. And, and I've had female patients where I had to say, well, does your husband cook? Well, no. I was like, well, I think he should learn. <laughs> I think he should learn how to cook. It's not that hard. Um, we actually do teach our patients how to do bulk cooking. Um, we'll tell them on Thursdays to just kind of, you know, clean up the house and come up with a list of what you need. But don't multitask because tomorrow you'll you'll create your list. Maybe on Saturday you'll use Instacart or you'll go grocery shopping. And then on Sunday, you know, pour yourself a glass of wine and, you know, grill whatever you want to grill and chop whatever you want to chop and, you know, load it all into your Tupperware so that during the week you can be your own fast food restaurant. You know, now it's nothing to be able to pull up some I pre-dust. really like that. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. To think of it that way. Mm-hmm. You're, That's you're a great way. Yeah. yeah. I've got some diced onions. I've got some, you know, some, some, some lettuce, both shredded and otherwise. And I can put together something really quick because I was my own sous chef on Sunday. And now it's nothing for me to be able to put all that together mm-hmm. real quick. Mm-hmm. So, and this is where the family as a whole can join in because, you know, again, we do such a good job at overloading people. Okay. So here's a question for you. I'm a health coach, so I participate yeah. in a program where we talk to people that come in to, yeah. that want a lifestyle change right. to maintain or, and yeah. or lose weight. A common question. Mm-hmm. I live alone. Why should I bother? Oh, I think especially when one lives alone, they should bother, right? Because it's a false sense of security. I live alone. I can just grab something. You still have time constraints. You live alone, but you have time constraints. So what happens when you get home and you're tired and there's nothing in the fridge already made? It's I'll go too pick it up. Easy. That way go I can go pick up and then I don't have to clean anything up. It's easy and I didn't have to bother with cooking at all. And and, and, and yet, as Paula Dean said, any restaurant is for inter- entertainment purposes only. She said, I am your chef, not your doctor. So any restaurant <laughs> has the obligation to make that food taste crazy good. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be salt and trans fats and preservatives and, and all sugar. of this and yeah. sugar mm-hmm. and all of the stuff that gives you diabetes mm-hmm. in the long run. And our children are now getting diabetes mm-hmm. so much earlier mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of all the fast food, mm-hmm. because of all the fast and food. And the lack of movement. Too. The lack of movement, right? The perfect, the perfect storm. storm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's so, so why bother? Because you don't want corporate dining dictating your health because that's, you know, if we talk about corporate health and what happens in corporate medicine, you got corporate dining that's now become everyday dining. When when we were young, it was for entertainment purposes. It was a treat. It was a treat. It didn't, you know, I, my granddad was like, oh yeah, you know, when you guys were little, we could only afford to get this every so often. And your baby cousin, she gets to eat it every day. I was like, yeah, but she's 12 with diabetes. Mm-hmm. How do you marry the two concepts of Western medicine and holistic medicine? medicine. Um, For me, that's actually pretty easy. I'm always focused on treating something holistically. If the patient is pretty stable and I can get away with no meds, then we're not going to do any meds. If we're in the state because they're coming in brand new and things aren't looking good, I'll definitely use medicines. But over the next 90 days, we're going to make some significant effort to, to get everything together so that we can begin weaning you off of this medicine. Do you ever find that the two ideas are um, contradictory? On occasion, um, on occasion, some things um, I can't get away with, with um, in terms of holistic or functional, right? So 
it gets to be a little bit tougher when I've got something that's anatomical. Um, I've had quite a few patients who, who have had cancer. Well, that's an anatomical growth, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. No herb or barrier is going to mm -hmm. do anything mm -hmm. about that. We, we're going to have to cut that out. Mm -hmm. Literally, we're going to have to cut that out. Mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough that for like arthritis type things that are, again, a physical inflammation that we can use cupping and we do pretty good with that. But then with that being said, again, we're talking anatomical. So if we begin getting bone on bone, I, I can't do anything with the, about the fact that we're yes. going to have to get a surgeon yes, yes. in here for you. Sometimes hormones get to be a little bit of a thing. Thyroid's a great example. You know, if there's going to be, you know, a gland that wants to overact, not all things are always perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you're going to get that one little, you know, part of that body that says, no, genetically, I, I think that what I do is normal. <laughs> you think it's abnormal, but I'm going to keep doing it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's going to be, you know. So in those places, I might be stuck with doing. Um, I've, I've got a couple of patients that actually have renal artery stenosis, right? So the artery leading into their kidneys are, is, is physically blocked by their muscles. And we don't have a choice but to do a muscle relaxant. Otherwise, their blood pressure, because of how the kidney skyrockets, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. plays through it, skyrockets. With that, though, I've got the good sense, and they've got the good sense that we sit and we have a 30-minute conversation where they get to kind of see the anatomy the same way that we would have learned in school. I don't dumb it down. I was like, I'm going to show you just as, as my anatomy teacher, Dr. Arslan, would have shown me back in the day. Mm -hmm. this, this is your artery, and here's what's happening, and here's what we can't stop. And so here's why we're going to keep going with that med. So they know why they're on the med, and so now they're, they're far more apt to keep control because they're going to take what they need. And they know I'm not going to throw meds at you. By the time I've got to use that med, we really needed it. So, so your patients are highly educated about their bodies. Very much so. Can you please describe a little bit more maybe what we've left out in our conversation thus far, because it's been juicy, <laughs> um, the scope of your practice, a little bit more about who you see mm. and how you uh, structure your practice. Most of our patients come in either intentionally because they're holistic and they want that supported or they've been going to corporate medicine but they're now at the end of their rope and they're near tears and they're over it and I'm, I'm looking for something different I can't keep going the way that I've been going mm -hmm. um, for the first half of that one hour visit they're just telling me their story without my interruption for that 30 minutes mm -hmm. for the last half for the final 30 minutes of that I'm directing it with you know I got some questions for you and that's all over the course of that's that one hour gonna help me figure out what blood work do I need so the next time I see this person in another week we're going to take the first half hour and just as detailed as I was in listening to them, I'm going to do a detailed physical exam. The whole point of that exam is not just to do the exam and go through the labs, but from a community standpoint, to teach a community. Mm -hmm. Know what's important because, you know, that little cough that you have for two hours doesn't matter as much as that, that potassium of 5.5 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when, when you're taking this med mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. when you miss that appointment and we need to recheck that. Like, mm -hmm. no, 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 get in because if you know that you've got a little bit of a high potassium, we've got to pay attention. If you're if your sugar levels are beginning to push around 300, I want you to know this. I want you to know what's that impact. So the patients learn how to understand their labs um, very well. And so, again, it's, it's the education. Um, you know, they know what you teach them. If we don't teach them, they don't know. Taking charge of your own health, Take your charge. own well-being. Take charge. Take charge. In a real way, take charge. Mm -hmm. This isn't about my appointment with seven minutes and why you're taking so long. That's not taking charge. I need more understanding of what's going on with me. 
So acupuncture and aromatherapy, and we do, we have the vaginal steaming of those areas after a baby was born or for severe cramps and, you know. Menopause symptoms? Menopause symptoms, most definitely for cooling. Um, anything where that pelvic floor, not just the uterus, not just the womb, but the pelvic floor, mm -hmm. where like any muscle, it's gotten bunchy and mm -hmm. needs to be smoothed out then that's where that vaginal steaming uh, works a lot. Along those same lines. Um, you mentioned cupping. Cupping, oh, I love cupping. Mm. It's as gentle and as, as soft as a nice Swedish massage, uh, but it's four times the intensity of a deep tissue massage and it hits over all the acupressure points. So it's so efficient that I've never ever once had a patient to tell me that they weren't feeling much better when they were done. What is your personal definition of what it means to be healthy? I think my personal definition of what it means to be healthy is to feel fulfilled inside and out. Thank you so very much for your time. Thank your you. Your expertise, your light, Thank you. Thank your you. education, and for being such a powerful advocate for our community. African-American mm -hmm. patients mm -hmm. who may need yeah. different things for yeah. whatever. Yes. aspect of care and you've responded to those things yes. Yes. so I really really thank you for being such yeah. a dedicated and true yeah. healer yeah no thank you thank you and thank you for being an inspiration out there too it's so it's always so nice to know that there's other doctors who are a little bit off the grid with you <laughs> so I appreciate you <laughs> and now it's time for practical tips mind body and spirit tip there's a quote, author unknown, that goes like this. If you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? Think about that. Your health is priceless. And your team is everything. Your family, your friends, your health care providers. So choose wisely. Be comfortable with your decisions. And make sure you have people who are positive and support you. And you take an active part in taking good care of yourself. Thanks for being here. See you next time.